Let's go. The Arizona Diamondbacks are back and they are one and oh in the Jordan Lawler era. Welcome in to a very special edition of the PHNX D backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am once again confidently your mayor of PHNX. And that sham Shane, he's uh He's not he's not even in the picture anymore. He's not even in the picture. He, ne- he never even took it seriously in the first place, Jesse. But of course, I'm joined by my vice mayor and your Thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. What a win tonight, Jesse. What a big win at Wrigley Field in Jordan Lawler's debut. Uh, and this is one of those kind of all around performances where a lot of people deserve kudos uh, for the way this game went. Yeah, I mean, one one of the more complete games the Diamondbacks have played this year uh, all the way around. I know uh, things got a little shaky there in, in the ninth inning with, oh, with they Joe sure Supply. Say Suzuki hit a, a pretty hard uh, one-hop ground ball that Emmanuel Rivera made an incredible play on uh, to end this game. But yeah, all the way around, this was a solid effort for the Diamondbacks, and uh, they came in against a really hot Cubs team, a team that I believe had won four games in a row coming into this series, and the D-backs controlled this game from the very beginning. Tommy Pham hit a home run in the first inning. D-backs had the lead the entire way, and and they never lost it. They they didn't. And as interesting as it got there in the ninth inning, essentially it still wasn't in danger of the tying run coming to the plate or ever really getting in, into that you know into that point. But it felt there momentarily like we were going down that path. Luckily. Tory pivoted and went to his closer, Paul Seawald, there to close things up. He didn't mess around with a very dangerous lineup there that the Chicago Cubs have. But Ryan Nelson really had a had himself a day, and I mean, I, he got he got a lot of help from his defense. He got a lot of help from the wind, but uh, <laughs> he, he got a lot of help from the baseball gods, right? Because he gave up eight batted balls with uh, exit velo of over ninety five miles per hour. And yet he only gave up two hits in this game. A lot of those were in the air too. That those weren't just, you know, they a bunch were. of a bunch of guys beating the ball into the ground. They as were. you said, I think the yeah. the wind might have been a factor uh to, to some extent tonight at, at Wrigley. Bob, Bob Bob was talking about that. Brenly was saying how like you could notice a it was noticeable due to the uh scoreboard there, I think, in left field that like yeah. if you hit it at the scoreboard, there was kind of like uh, a gap of of no win that that scoreboard kind of helped out with, but otherwise it was kind of pushing balls in. And we saw that there were a lot of balls that we heard a lot of gasps from the crowd uh, there at Wrigley. And they, uh, they felt very, very close to the wall, but luckily for the diamondbacks, they fell uh, short, fell on the warning track. A lot of uh, fly balls that, that went far, but didn't do any damage. Yeah. I, I don't know if I was necessarily super impressed by Ryan Nelson tonight. In all honesty, Fair. he got, he only got three whiffs in this game. He didn't get any whiffs on the slider. Uh, which is the main pitch that, you know, pitching coach Brent Strom has been talking about as being big for him and something he's been working on during his time in, in AAA. So we didn't necessarily see that translate in a sense. Uh, he did get five called strikes, I think, on on the slider, which was which was good, helped him in, in some certain situations. It, it wasn't a useless pitch or anything in this game, but he still heavily favored his fastball, right? I mean, he threw his yep. four-seamer almost 70% of the time in this game, which is something I know that D-backs have been kind of trying to get him away from. Um, so, yeah, all in all, I, I wouldn't say this was Ryan Nelson returning to form or, you know, turning things around necessarily. He kind of looked like the same guy that we saw a couple weeks ago. But in his defense, he was around the zone. Uh, he was consistently throwing strikes. I know he had a couple walks in the game early. Um, but after that, he, he really tightened things up. He was around the zone for, for the vast majority of his outing. And, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes, you know, the, the batted ball gods are, are in your favor a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, if you're getting a little too much of the zone at times, there's some, some hard contact against you. Uh, as long as you're consistently in the strike zone, you're, you're going to make opposing teams earn it. And, you know, the Cubs, you could argue, did earn more than what they got today uh they, but fortunately yeah. for ryan yeah. nelson uh it i mean they only had two hits and in, in, in one run against him in this game five and two-thirds innings pitched two hits one run one earned two walks three strikeouts and like you said not not super and not 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 a very impressive outing but you have to factor in that this has been a Chicago Cubs team, a lineup that has made a lot of noise against a lot of starting pitchers. Uh yeah. I think that the way that the bullpen, and this is insane 
this feels crazy for me to say, Jesse, but like the way the bullpen has been performing as of late, Tory could felt like he could put his trust in them instead of really letting Ryan Nelson maybe go through the, you know, lineup a third time too, too much there. And that's why we saw him get pulled at five and two thirds. But I still think that, I mean, even if the, even if the baseball gods are in your favor, you know, the, what, what he did was gave the team a chance to win tonight and didn't give up. He gave up one, one, he gave up one run to a, a potent offense in the Chicago Cubs. And, and on the flip side, I think D-backs hitters were all over uh, Assad, their, their starting pitcher, the Cubs starting pitcher. They absolutely were. Uh, absolutely. It was just it was just quality at bat after quality at bat. I know Corbin Carroll tried to stretch a single uh, into a double at one point in this game. Uh, there was a home run hit shortly thereafter. So the D-backs could have had, you know, one extra run in there just, just because of that. Um, but yeah, all in all, I mean, their, their at bats were really good against Assad throughout this game, I thought. And, um, you know, Assad was kind of a, an interesting, it was interesting just kind of looking at his numbers coming into the series. He had a, a mid twos ERA, but like, I think I said in, in our show earlier, the peripherals didn't really line up with that. It was sort of, I at least personally was kind of wondering exactly what was going on, what was allowing him to have as much success as he was having. And, you know, we saw him have a little bit of an off game here, here tonight against the D-backs. And I think that yeah. the quality of the at-bats, the patience of the at-bats against him uh, was a really big part of, of putting him in that position. Well, and in Ryan Nelson's defense, by the way, I think it was our very own DFA candidate, Cogs, who had said that or posted a screenshot of Ryan Nelson kind of, I mean, dancing around the zone pretty well, but hitting the edges and hitting the corners and not getting the calls in this game. So yeah, yeah. that may have contributed also to the fact that he didn't have, uh, you know, oppressive night numbers wise, but a win is a win, especially in this series that is so crucial for the Diamondbacks. And considering they have so many games against this Cubs team, uh, a start by Ryan Nelson that they win in a series where Zach Gallen and, and Merrill Kelly are both pitching. It's a very good start. It's a very good start, but you brought up the offense and I mean, offense, defense, the, the main story tonight is Jordan Lawler making his major league debut for this team. And Jesse, he did not look like a minor league player making his debut in major league baseball. He very much absolutely looked like a major league ball player in this game. I know there was questions at times about his defense, but the, I, I saw nothing uh, tonight that would make you question Jordan Lawler's ability to play shortstop. He was absolutely tremendous out there. He really was. Yeah. I mean, he was slick, you know, he was just smooth. It, it, it just Very seemed smooth. like he Very seemed smooth. comfortable. He seemed confident. Uh, there was a, a double play that he turned early in this game. That was uh, a little odd. I, I know he and, and Cattell at second base and got a little crossed up on who was covering the bag. I think it probably yeah. should have been Cattell, but the throw was a little bit off. Jordan Lawler steps in and, and may, and turned it into a clean double play. Uh, and then the highlight play of the game for him, I think, came in the fourth inning, a, a Nico Horner ground ball, uh, Lawler ranging to his right. It, it was impressive. Uh, you know, he had he was making a, a pretty long throw by the time he got to that ball and he threw a strike to Christian Walker. It, it was, you know, it seemed like he had pretty decent arm strength. He had some zip on it uh, and he was able to get the out. And, and Nico Horner, you know, certainly gets down the first baseline pretty well. So. I was impressed with what I saw defensively, which made it a little weird late in the game when Tori Lovello replaced Lawler after his fourth at bat with, with Emmanuel Rivera, had him take over at third base, Geraldo Perdomo shift back to short. Uh, obviously, we're, we're not there in Chicago. I suspect that was just a, a defensive uh, replacement. Um, so, yeah, it, kind of an interesting decision. It, it certainly seemed like Lawler was comfortable out there at shortstop, but you know, in, in those key late game situations in front of a big crowd at Wrigley field, maybe Torrey didn't want to put that much pressure on Lawler, you know, get guys in there of a, a little bit more experience at this that, level. And and let's be honest, that's a criticism Torrey has received at times when it comes to a, a lot of, a lot of players. Like we we've typically seen Torrey, especially when it comes to like relievers and starting pitchers and stuff, kind of leave them in longer than we would feel comfortable for. We feel uh, like he is sacrificing potentially the results of the game for somebody's development. And, you know, you're, you kind of feel like this at this point of the major league season, you know, we should, we, we shouldn't be doing that. And and he's not anymore. That that's part of the managing games differently than we've seen out of Lavello over the last, 
you know, couple of weeks, I would say. And, and he's been very vocal about that, that the way that he's, what he's going to ask of these guys, what he's going to demand of them is going to increase. And they're really yeah. going to try to make a push here for the playoffs and beyond. So, I mean, it was, it felt like a fairly good managerial move just to not put your brand new starting shortstop in the high leverage situation that might, might not only cause him to make a mistake that could cost the team the game, but also might crush his confidence uh, potentially. Right. So yeah, like, you know, there's, there's, there's two, there's two potential pitfalls uh, if, if like that were to happen late, you know, in the game. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't, it, it didn't necessarily make any difference that Waller wasn't in the game at that point uh, because Emmanuel Rivera was the one who made, uh, who made that, that big play, at Huge. the end of the game to finish this game. And he was replacing Perdomo, right? Perdomo shifted over to shortstop. Rivera right. stepped in at third base, obviously a position that Rivera has more experience with than, than Perdomo does. I don't know if Perdomo makes that pick there uh, on that Seiya Suzuki ground ball to, to end the game. That was a good point. like 100 and, 101 off the bat. Uh, wow. It was like a, it was a short hop. That was a pretty tough play. I don't know if, I don't know if Perdomo is, is able to make that. That's such a good point. That's such an absolutely good point. But uh, Jordan Lawler also got his first uh, big league hit on an infield hit. And uh, that's it's nice to kind of get that monkey off your back early on. It just yeah. allows you now to start playing baseball. You got your debut out of the way. You got your first hit out of the way. I remember at one point Corbin Carroll saying how much he was just glad to have that stuff behind him so that he could start playing baseball and focus. And I imagine that's uh, that's pretty helpful to someone like Lawler. I would, I would think so for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I wouldn't say he was, you know, super impressive at, at the plate today necessarily. Sure. Certainly took some yeah. pitches. He had, I think, some, you know, some decent at bats, but you know, the results weren't weren't necessarily great. There was a, a slow ground out in his first at bat. There was a strikeout. There was a pop yeah. up. Uh, his hit, I think, was about seventy five miles an hour off bat, something like that, on a, on a grounder to, to third base. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I think Lawler is primarily here to face lefties. I mean, I think that's why the D-backs made this move is because they think Lawler could be an asset for them against lefties. We talked earlier in the show about his ridiculous numbers uh, in the minors this year against left-handed pitching. Uh, so I don't know necessarily how many times you're going to see him uh, in games against righties like uh, like the Cubs had out there today. Tori talked before the game about this just being, you know, kind of, like you were saying earlier with getting the first hit out of the way, like just get him right into a game right away. Don't have him yeah. just like sit in the dugout and just watch and have some of the nerves build up. Just get him right into the action. So yeah, and this, this felt was, this, this felt like a big game and a big environment being at Wrigley field and everything like yeah. that. Like there was already a lot of pressure I felt on him uh, in the environment that he was in. So like, Again, it, it it's just a, a nice a nice way to not have that stretch out. I feel like once you start getting into like four games, five games into your career, and you still haven't gotten that first hit, it starts building up mentally and starts becoming more of an issue than it should. We've sure. seen this kid absolutely rake at a AAA level, so hopefully we will see him you know start to do that here at a major league level soon. But just congrats, man! I mean, congrats to him to come up to have this debut go the way that it did today and, and for the diamondbacks to get a big win on this day. But uh, a big part of this win obviously was the offense and the way that diamondbacks were able to generate those runs today. Uh, and uh, there were two guys responsible for that. One of those guys could tell Marte who remains good at baseball, Jesse, uh, his two run Homer in the third made this win seem possible to me. Uh, the Tommy fam home <laughs> run in the first, that was nice. It was a nice start, but it was a solo home run. Tommy Pham gets that shot, puts the Diamondbacks up one nothing. But we've discussed at length coming into this series how good this Cubs offense is, and I was not comfortable with any kind of one-run lead at any point in this in this game. But Cattell hits that two-run homer, and that that's when it started to feel like maybe Ryan Nelson and this crew of misfits might actually get uh, this game, you know, take, take game one in a, in a very, 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 very important series. Um, but that home run was also more important because it interrupted a, a wedding ceremony going on out there. <laughs> uh, they actually showed the wedding ceremony, I believe during Christian Walker's foul ball, but it was going on uh, obviously prior to this. And, I just think it's hilarious that Cattell Marte hit a home run that 
went ahead and interrupted someone's wedding ceremony. Look at that guy there, Jesse. Look at that poor <laughs> man on the right who just wants to watch a baseball game and instead has been invited to these people's wedding. I don't know if he knows the bride and groom, but I'm going to bet he doesn't. He does. That's not the look of a man that's very happy that a wedding is taking place uh, near his section. I mean, is is he actually in the wedding, or or is he know. just unfortunately look- happened to be sitting right next? to I think to- some people were just in the section. I could be wrong <laughs> about that. I could just be assuming. But could you imagine going to a critical baseball game between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Chicago Cubs and having a wedding breakout in your section? The wave be damned. This by far is the most interruptive thing I've ever seen at a baseball game. I also. Love this man that is getting married. This man (laughs) that is getting married is living his absolute best life. I don't know who his wife is, but I know she absolutely deserves to have all, all everything she wants in life given to her by her husband, considering that she allowed him to have them get married at a baseball game with a tuxedo that had a Cubs jersey sewed in the back of the velvet jacket you were wearing. I love everything about this so much, especially after being at Wrigley. I get it. Wrigley is a cathedral to baseball, so why not there get married go. there? Why not get married there? Yeah. I uh, mean, Gabriel we, says, we me and who? To... Me and you, Gabriel. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> we, I just want to make it clear. This was not an engagement. Right, that happens at baseball games all the time. All the time. This no, this is this a yeah, some to guy our, going to our down audio listeners. There is a wedding going on in the stands, and it is wonderful. There were women in like dresses, like nice dresses. Like there, it wasn't all just <laughs> Cubs jerseys made into tuxedos. Like there were people there actually, you know, doing the damn thing. But I think uh, it was in the that. outfield too, right? It was yeah, like it in was the, in yeah, the it was in the outfield stand somewhere. I mean, that's a that's a pretty dang affordable wedding right there. I might have to consider you are not a sporting wrong. event wedding at some point because have you wrong. seen how much it costs for like a wedding venue these days, Derek? It's stupid, Jesse. I got married, I don't what, 2009. I got married 14 years ago and back then the price was outrageous. I can only imagine with the price of retail properties going up and skyrocketing how much it costs these days. But like, yeah, do you want to spend $20,000 on a hall to get married? Or do you want to get married at Wrigley during a game? I mean, it was that's probably a, pretty a, dang affordable. What, like 40, 40 bucks, a 40 bucks to ticket, something like yeah. that. Like it's pretty I'd, dang. I'd make the wedding party buy their own tickets. That's what I would do. Everybody's got, buy. I'm not buying your ticket. Like I'll maybe pay for your tuxedo <laughs> rental. I'll pay for you, you to have your Jersey made into a tuxedo, but I'm not paying for your ticket. But, uh, what a game, man. What a game. But of course uh, we talked about the offense and not just could tell uh, interrupting a wedding, but Tommy fam also had uh, two oppo tacos uh, with a 110 mile per hour line out. So he was hitting the ball very, very hard. He had the solo home run in the first and then the big two run shot in the top of the eighth that really like that was when I just threw my hands up and said, we're back. We're a wagon. It's back. We're back. You know, the Diamondbacks went up big and they also did the thing that they did in that Colorado Rockies series where I felt like they kept their foot on the pedal. They continued yeah. to add on and they and they knew it. they 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 played the game like at any point the Cubs were going to be able to come back and, and the Cubs could have at any point come back. So I mean, this was this was like you said earlier, a very very well rounded win for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I mean, I think when Tommy hit that that second homer, I mean, it was a three one game at the time, and and it kind of felt like the D backs really had opportunities to score more runs than that yes. at that point. You know, it was yes, one of those correct. games where you feel like, all right, we probably should have like five or six runs right now. We've only got three. Is this going to be one of those games where if the bullpen scuffles a little bit, you know, things get sideways on you and in front of a big crowd on the road, uh, Tommy's home run was, was enormous for that. Uh, just creating some distance, making it five, one, they did, they then made it six to one. Uh, Tory did ultimately still use Kevin Ginkle in the eighth inning. I think it was a five, one game at that point. He still, he was awesome. He was inning. awesome too. And yeah, why not Jesse? Every game is important at this point. I mean, I know at some point you got to give the guys a night off and Paul Seawald only pitched one third of an inning, but it felt pretty crucial because it really did feel like the Cubs were mounting something there. And I mean, just, I think just a change at the mound from Mantiply was needed at that point, but they got the job done. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and even you know Paul Seawald only threw, you know what was it like four or five pitches, something like that. So it's it's not like you're you're concerned about him going into tomorrow or anything. I'm sure he could he could still pitch tomorrow if the Diamondbacks wanted him to. However, why was he removed? Why was Tommy Pham removed uh, there in the eighth inning? Any ideas? Tommy Pham was removed in the eighth inning. Um, interesting. Oh no, I I I might have been wrong about that. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe you are right about that, and I just I just did not catch that during the game. I didn't notice Tommy Pham being removed in in this game, but it's certainly uh, I I might have been wrong about that. Like I said, I have that. Uh, it might have just been a crossover on another note. I apologize. Um, but the D backs did have three stolen bases tonight. Uh, and the Tommy last Tommy Fam was I I just confirmed with the box score. Tommy Fam was not removed in this game. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he he stayed in. Um, but the D-backs had three stolen bases against Yan Gomes last time. Uh, when Corbin stole, he failed to unleash a throw. Yeah, Yan um, Gomes is uh, there might there might be some 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 something the Diamondbacks can exploit, shall we say? During uh, the, the Diamondbacks series. had had three stolen bases. Um in in this game and uh yeah jan gomes in, in his last attempt when corbin carroll stole he was he was unable to even unleash a throw uh he tried to throw it and then it basically just bounced on the ground in front of him uh so yeah he he's not a terrible i mean he doesn't have a terrible arm or anything i think his pop time is a little below average uh he grades out i think he's at minus one in catchers caught stealing above average uh in this game so or, or in the on the season so uh, yeah, he's not he's not terrible or anything, but the Diamondbacks got him three times with stolen bases in this game, and you have to believe with how much speed is on this roster, they're probably going to look to continue that. Uh, well, for our King Stank tonight, of course, it's got to be the guy with uh, two home runs in this game. It's the one and only Tommy Pham. Happy beginning of fantasy football season, folks. Tommy Pham is our King Snake. Two home runs, three RBI. Big night, big night for Tommy Pham. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he's kind of, he, he's a really important hitter for this team because he's hitting third basically every day. So you can't really afford to have a guy right in the middle of your lineup, uh, you know, scuffling for an extended period of time. And that has sort of been the case a little bit in recent days. He has not been the same hitter that he was with the New York Mets. But uh, yeah, I mean, two for five with it with a couple of home runs he's looked a little bit better at the plate overall uh, and as you mentioned earlier he also had a line out in this game at well over 100 miles an hour off the bat as well so he's hitting the ball hard and and he's starting to look a little bit more like the hitter that he was with with the Mets before coming over Tommy Pham has an 801 OPS now this season so not not terrible not terrible hitting 262 so uh, he continues to be a surprisingly good asset for this team and continues to have a a major role in the lineup when he, he's he's kind of slotted in there in that third spot in the starting rotation. And, and that seems to be a spot uh, Tori Lavella likes him at. So, uh, well, we thank you guys so much for being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Obviously, uh, we, we, we did a special show. We wanted to make sure we covered Jordan Lawler's first game and it did not disappoint. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Leave us a little thumbs up. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, please leave us a review there. Uh, we also appreciate that uh, as well. And uh, subscribe over there. Uh, also, check out Splash Sports if you want to get down on weekly pick and NFL Survivor contests uh, with us here at PHNX. It's a chance for everyone to participate participate for real money and all you got to do is head to splashsports.com slash phnx the link is in our description and sign up deposit cash to get started it takes just five dollars to eat to enter either of our contests uh, and of course the weekly pick them contest you get uh, we got a first prize of 315 dollars our survivor contest has a winner take all prize of 450 dollars and we will be running weekly contests all year so make sure to keep that link handy and make sure to join us over at splash sports if you want to run your own contest over there go ahead and sign up to be a commissioner right through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with friends and family uh, 
uh, don't don't chase people down for their money. Make them make them pay before they come into your league, uh, and let Splash take care of all of that for you. So head to splashsports splashsports.com/phnx to join in. We'll have different contests coming out, so we are stoked to compete with and against all of you. Be sure to click our link in the description. Also, uh, get down on the BetMGM Sportsbook. I already told you guys earlier today, but today is the absolute last day for you to swing for the fences with the BetMGM promotion. Uh, get down on the BetMGM Swing for the Fences promotion. It's as easy as logging in to your BetMGM Sportsbook account, choosing uh, an area of the strike zone, and, uh, of course, just seeing if you get a single, a double, a home run or a pop out and you will receive the prize associated with that type of hit. It could be a boost. It could be a bet insurance. Uh, it could be anything. So prizing must be used on MLB and does expire in 24 hours. And today is the absolute last day to get down on it. So make sure you sign up for bet MGM. If you haven't done so already and use bonus code PHNX, come on over here to bet MGM and join us. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but depending uh, if you place your first bet MGM sportsbook wager through bet MGM sports, mobile application of at least $10, you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. So make sure to sign up for BetMGM and use bonus code PHNX. Uh, all right, Jesse. Well, we talked about it really briefly, and I honestly, they deserve way more than that with the way that they've been pitching lately. This, how about this bullpen? How about this bullpen in this game? And how about this bullpen just lately for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah, I mean, you always have to like kind of take it with a grain of salt when, you know, some of that recent success is, is against the Rockies, right? I refuse um, to. No, absolutely I, not. I figured that wouldn't that wouldn't go over well. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it it's been it's been better for the Diamondbacks, right? Uh Ryan yeah. Thompson has really settled in. Uh, to what is essentially a, a high leverage role. Um, I know that he has not been with the Diamondbacks very long and was in the minor leagues uh, as of about two weeks ago. Uh, but the Diamondbacks have inserted him into, you know, he's not the eighth inning guy. Uh, I think Kevin Ginkle has, uh, Kevin Ginkle and Paul Seawald are clearly the two highest leverage arms in this bullpen. But Ryan Thompson is kind of right in there. He's kind of right in that mix. Uh, and he's looked pretty good for the Diamondbacks. Once again, a, a, a very uneventful uh, inning from him in this game. Uh, Andrew Salfrank uh, continues to look pretty good as well. He came in and retired Ian Happ in order to uh, get out of an inning at one point. Um, so yeah, other than Joe Mantiply, who who obviously wasn't fantastic in this one, he gave up a run on three hits. Uh, this bullpen was was solid in this game. And, and that's, that's huge for this Diamondbacks team, right? Uh, as of late, when they have been struggling, it, it really hasn't been because of the bullpen. It's been more so because of the starting pitching, which we've talked a lot about recently and how, how rough that's been uh, in recent days. Ryan Nelson obviously had a, had a good bounce back outing today. So it's going to be huge for this team going forward down the stretch. I mean, how many of these 50-50 games in the seventh, eighth inning, how many of those games are we able to turn into wins? That's really yeah. what season could could come down to and over the last few days it's it's looked pretty good for them the uh when you look at ryan thompson coming over as an arizona diamondback uh he has not given up a run since coming over here he has given up a precisely one hit in four and a third innings pitched and his batting average uh opponent batting average is like 0.8 maybe even lower than that but uh he he's zero point eight like point point oh eight like 0.08. 0.08. yeah point okay. zero okay. Uh, point zero eight. <laughs> point eight would be like an 800 batting average. no that, that's no not, that's no not no i think point. i said point zero eight i think i said it right i think i said it right but i'm <laughs> usually wrong about these things and you're usually right but uh i mean yeah it's just mantiply yes made things interesting tonight and i understand that uh i think that Right now, the Diamondbacks have options that haven't really had the mileage put on them like that someone like Miguel Castro has. So now Torrey is able to utilize these guys a little bit more freely. freely. We know we've seen them kind of open up to the opener kind of concept with the bullpen, kind of towing the load on, on a short outing by your starter or your opener, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, right now, things things feel 
things feel pretty different. I mean, it, it, it doesn't, it, it just, it, it's so many new faces that it's literally not the same guys that this team has been relying on all season long. When you look at this, you know, Ginkle and Mantiply are the only names in this bullpen that have been here. At one point, Ginkle was in AAA. At one point, Mantiply was injured and yeah. wasn't wasn't around. So and, it's like and Mantiply this, was in AAA too. Yeah, and Mantiply was in AAA down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's like at one point, none of these guys were on the roster, and this is the guys right now that are pitching pretty well for Tori Lavello. And like you said, Ryan Thompson has quickly become a high leverage guy that Tori Lavello feels like he can count on. Uh, even though he's only pitched four games now for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Connor says Derek definitely said 0.8. So just, just, no. uh, just to, we're, no. we're really on point today, Derek did, did I, I'm pretty sure before when you were talking about Tommy fam exiting that game, was that me putting on our show rundown that Tommy fam exited this game when he did, did. not? In fact, I, yeah, yeah, you we're did. really, this is what you happens did. when we do two shows in a day. We're <laughs> yeah. just like, we're just like spewing <laughs> off incorrect stats and like, like theorizing about players coming out of games when they actually didn't. Yeah, so it's we're, been a day. It's been right a day. <laughs> uh, to, be, to be fair, I'm, I'm pretty sure that just got moved down uh, the rundown from the Jordan Lawler section. But yeah, yeah, Jesse and I, we're we're trying our best here, folks. We're trying. Be our careful best. with bullet points, kids. You have to make yeah. sure that like the sub point yeah. is underneath like the right. You people know what I'm talking about. This is where your teaching comes <laughs> into play, and it's perfect. Uh, Kevin Ginkle, 2.93 ERA, dating back to August, uh, the, the first game in August that he pitched. Uh, he has an opponent batting average of 151. Is that better? Sorry about that other mistake. Uh, but like uh, Ginkle, I mean, Ginkle continu- continues to be lights out. I know you spoke to him, uh, and I just was wondering. Is there anything particular that's that's kind of sunk in and and made him like just be a different guy? I don't even know if he was a different guy because when he got sent down, frankly, he was pitching well at that time. Yeah, uh, I did talk to Ginkle for a while uh, the other day. And um, yeah, he talked a lot about his balance on the mound. Uh, There have been some some subtle changes in and some of his pitch usage and shapes this year. He's throwing a slider a little bit more. Uh, his slider looks a little bit different. Last year, it was very heavy vertical movement, not much horizontal. This year, it's still very heavy vertical movement, but those two things have come into balance a little bit more, has a, a little bit more two-plane break uh, than just being more of a, a straight-down pitch. Um, but yeah, it didn't really sound like those were intentional changes in, in, the, in, you know, in like a pitch shape sense or even a pitch usage sense. Uh, it sounds like the biggest thing for Ginkle this year has just been his balance on the mound. And, uh, he talked to me about, you know, when you watch a guy like Jacob deGrom pitch, for example, just like the, the sort of harmony of of every moving part as part of your, your pitching motion, right? Everything just kind of works together and flows together and it just sort of looks good altogether. Um, and Ginkle felt like he might not have been quite to that point. And this season he's put some work in on, on that front and, uh, it sounds like that's been a that's been a big part of his success this year, and, and that was a topic once again that Brent Strom brought up the other day when he was talking about working with Seawald and, and Zach Gallon, and he was talking about uh, more importantly your your like the balance body kind of you know evening out. We brought this up the glove side glove side stuff being just as important because that's where you throw. So if you're kind of tilted like this, you're throwing up. If you're tilted down, you know right. and it made it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, but it's also hard to remember at times that pitchers have so many mechanics that they have to perfect and have to remember to uh, basically replicate every time they're out there on the mound, how easy sometimes those mechanics can slightly go off and then maybe, maybe you know, keep going in a direction where maybe you're moving your glove down more and more, you're a little bit off balance more and more every time. And you just, you know, not that's contributing to the lack of success, especially with these guys that at, like Zach Gallon at times where it just seems to be kind of a mystery why he's a different guy on this day than it was the last time that we saw him out when he was so dominant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of little, little things, right. That the yeah. pitching coaches notice and a lot of people watching games have no idea what's going on. Right. A lot of times it's really subtle. Um, and we've seen Zach gallon. I mean, just like being up in the press box the last, the last few days when the team was here in Arizona, we've seen a lot of Zach gallon, you know, kind of messing with that and, you know, trying to make sure that his, his balance 
when he's on the mound is is where it should be. And and like you said, he's not like tilting at all in, in any particular yeah. direction when he when he delivers a pitch. So uh yeah, the D backs need Zach Allen to be Zach Allen. And he gets the ball once again tomorrow, and it's going to be really big whether he's able to to kind of bounce back from from two pretty rough outings. An early start on that one is that a eleven is it eleven twenty eleven forty eleven twenty yeah eleven twenty it's the it's the yeah. Wrigley Field thing one one twenty local time eleven twenty Arizona time and that will be the rest of the series so Saturday and Sunday will also be at eleven twenty I believe if that's correct yeah I think All so. Right. Well, uh, make sure to join us. We'll be back here for another post-game show tomorrow after tomorrow's game. Uh, of course, we always appreciate you guys being here in the chat. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us in the Discord. Uh, and we love you guys for being diehard members. Those of you that have already signed up, if you haven't, come on over and join us. Uh, the diehard membership pays for itself. You get all sorts of wonderful content. You get everything that we have to offer. Uh, you also get access to our members-only Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. You get a members-only uh, discounts with our partners. You also get like a $50 gift certificate from Mountain Mike's Pizza. You get a Dobson Ranch Ranch card, so much more. Get members-only benefits, like a free piece of merchandise from the uh, phnxlocker.com. You get 20% off all future purchases members exclusive merchandise uh and all sorts of wonderful benefits so become part of our family join us over here and get yourself a diehard membership over at gophnx.com also uh i love the clothes from pinsandaces.com uh pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of phnx and all city but i will tell you one secret i have i don't play golf not that regularly, but I still buy their stuff because I love it. It's lightweight. It's wonderful. It's comfortable to wear. They got amazing patterns, all sorts of fun stuff to be had. And if you are a golfer, you'll absolutely love everything they have to offer over there. So uh, it's a family-owned golf and apparel business that we uh, absolutely get compliments on all the stuff we wear all the time. Uh, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, beer sleeves, everything you need for the golf course and everything you need just to live your best life because everybody needs a beer sleeve, whether you're a golfer or not. So check out everything Pins and Aces has to offer at pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Cog says, I like Top Golf. Does that count? That absolutely counts, Cogs. Uh, I love Top Golf too, by the <laughs> way. I love driving ranges. That's the one thing about getting the diehard membership is you get the Dobson Ranch Ranch card, then you get yourself some awesome looking gear from uh, our friends at Pins and Aces, and then you just go and hit at the driving range at the at, at the Dobson Ranch Ranch uh, at Golf, Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Uh, it's the best thing. I love. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to walk a whole bunch, Jesse. I don't even want to get in the little cart and drive around. None, none of that's appealing to me. I have a driver's license. I own a car. I don't need the little version of it. Uh, I like to just sit and drink beers and hit balls hard, and that's. Uh, what's fun about places like Top Golf? So yes, you absolutely need to do that, and yes, we do need to get a PHNX die, die Hard Top Golf session going. That's uh, that's on my list. I will add that to the list right now. But uh, also, uh, if you're coming out to any of our events, or if you're just doing anything around the valley, it's hot, it's miserable. We still can't get away from summer, uh, and you need to stop by America's Thirst Stop, which of course is our friends at Circle K. Uh, they also have super cheap gas, but you can also get even better gas by joining their Inner Circle membership program. It's going to save you 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. It's also going to get you buy five, get six free, get your sixth one free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, and ice cold fountain drinks. Uh, so join the Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Uh, Jesse, these wild card standings continue to get wilder, and I don't know if the Diamondbacks uh, or if the Cubs maybe maybe uh, maybe the Cubs weren't the were the ones that weren't ready for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know, but uh, let's take a look at where we are at on the wild card standings because things are looking good. Things are looking good. We are back. We are in fact back, y'all. We are in fact back. Yeah, I mean the Diamondbacks are back in the third wild card spot for. For whatever that's worth, right? With uh, a little <laughs> over three weeks to go, it doesn't None of really this matters feel like yet. It. Just keep winning. Just keep winning. We shouldn't scoreboard watch. We shouldn't look at this. But man, it's fun when the Diamondbacks are actually in the spot, though, right? When they're in the spot, it's fun. It's not depressing. It doesn't feel uh, bad. This feels good. This makes me happy. This turns my yeah, day I, around. I, yeah, I, I feel like that. Like that's a real thing as a fan. Like, like if your team is like actively in the spot where you want them to be 
versus like half a game out of the spot where you want them to be. I mean, that can be the difference between like you having a good day and you having a bad day right there. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's, that's yeah, I mean, the, the, the Diamondbacks also, of course, gain a game here on the Cubs. So they're now only three games behind the Cubs. We obviously have three games left in the series. We've got three games between these two teams coming at Chase Field next weekend as well. So that's not insurmountable. I mean, it's it's certainly not something that that you would expect. It would take a very dominant performance from the Diamondbacks over a Cubs team that has played really well lately. But it, it is it is possible with with how many games these two teams have uh, together over the next couple of weeks. Six of them still still to go. The Diamondbacks still have some serious opportunity to to gain some ground on the Cubs and maybe even move up in the wild card standings. Uh, you know, if they if they were able to get hot here, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, you still got the Marlins and the Reds both a half game out, so it's not it's not particularly comfortable right now for the for the D backs. The Marlins lost today. The Reds uh, had the day off. Uh, they they open another series tomorrow. The Giants are now two and a half back. So yeah, it's it's not comfortable. But the the D backs are are back in the playoff picture after this game. Uh, now. As far as their playoff odds go, we do know, I do know on the betting side that they had the same odds as the Cincinnati Reds. I'm not sure if that changed today just because they have a half game lead on the Reds, but uh, what do their odds look like besides uh, besides the betting side of things? Yeah, I have uh, I have fan graphs open here. They they update this thing pretty quickly. It is now updated after today's game. So they have the Diamondbacks with a 39.4% chance to make the postseason after today's game, uh, which is the highest out of all of the teams that they're directly competing with. It's not higher than the Phillies or the Cubs, but it is higher than the Marlins, who are at 29%. We mentioned earlier they're a half game out. The Reds are at 23.1%. They're also a half game out. And then the Giants, who are two and a half games back at this point, have a 21.9% chance to make the playoffs, according to Fangraph. So, yeah, I mean, these numbers are changing every day, but... Uh, once again, I mean, this is about as good as those numbers have looked here, uh, for the D backs for a while being right around a 40% chance of making the playoffs right now. I want to give a shout out to BCom C clearly. Thank you for your super chat. Uh, BCom C clearly said, there's my baby Ryan. Good win and good job. Hey, if it, I don't care how he gets it done, if Ryan Nelson could go out there and give him near six innings and give up less than, than three runs every time I will take it. And I don't care how he gets it done, but uh, thank you for your super chat. Not just now, but all the time. Uh, we, we always appreciate you stopping by with the super chat. You've been great about it. So, uh, and let's take a look. Honestly, the rest of the probables for this series makes me start feeling a little confident, which is probably a mistake on my behalf, but I am still super excited about this. Justin Steele, Merrill Kelly matchup on Saturday, Jesse, that looks great. Uh, Brandon fought. We still don't know what we'll get out of him in a start. And hopefully we get uh, the, the, the Zach gallon we want to see on the mound uh, in tomorrow's game. Yeah. And I mean, him with him facing Jamison Tayo, and like we talked about in, in the show earlier today, I mean, that's a, that's a really favorable matchup for the diamondbacks. You mentioned Saturday with, with Merrill and Justin Steele uh, Sunday with Kyle Hendricks and, and Brandon fought probably advantage advantage Cubs in, in that game with, with Brandon fought having some struggles in recent days, but yeah, I mean the game that they won today on paper is not really a game that they were supposed to win. So, you know, with your number one and number two starters going here, uh, over the next few days and and the Cubs not necessarily having fantastic starting pitching outside of Justin Steele. D-backs are set up really well here for the rest of the series. They have a chance to help Zach Gallen in the Cy Young race too, right? Like Zach Gallen yeah. gets in a good outing and they can beat up on Justin Steele. That, that, that helps things. That helps. Justin Steele is part. probably, yeah. I mean, Justin Steele is probably your front runner right now. It feels uh, like Spencer it. Strider had a, had a big clunker the other day. He His did. ERA, I believe is three, eight, three. I want to say, or high three, seven, something Came like, like that. Six runs, I think. in like three innings yeah. or something. He's at the point where, I mean, he, he really just like, can't give up runs the rest of the year. Like he can maybe give up like two or three runs the rest of the year. Uh, I know the strikeout numbers are ridiculous. The peripherals look great, but you're just not going to win a Cy Young award with an ERA that high when there are other guys like Justin Steele right now who are, who are sitting right around two and a half. So yeah, gallon is certainly still in the mix. I, I don't know if he's, uh, he's, he's uh, maybe not in the top three at this point. It's, it's pretty close. I think both Blake Snell and Justin Steele probably have an advantage there. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think Spencer Strider might be below him on the list now, although that probably depends on, on who you ask, but there's still some time in, in left in this season, right? There's still some really pivotal games uh, that the Diamondbacks need to win. And if Zach Gallen is able to turn things around, he's able to get back on track. Uh, he absolutely still has a shot to, to make up that ground and, and come away with this award. Uh, we have some updates from the minor leagues, just a couple. Ivan Melendez, which is uh, everybody's favorite Hispanic Titanic, uh, was placed on the <laughs> IL, seven-day IL. Yeah, Melendez is on the IL. Um, uh, I, I have not been able to find out to this point what what the injury is there. So we're just kind of uh, in a wait-and-see mode right now, hopefully able to get some information on that soon. But yeah, it's been a while since he, he's played. Uh, he had homered in, in, I believe, about two weeks or so leading up to when he hit the injured list. So uh, maybe it was something that, you know, would have been a, a impacting his performance as well. I suspect it, it probably would have. Uh, he's obviously had a, you know, a, a solid year all the way around in the minors this season, working his way up to double A. Um, but yeah, we'll hopefully get some some updates on that soon. Uh, we got an important update from one of our favorite minor league players. And that is of course, Jake McCarthy, Jake McCarthy, another four hit night. The man is hitting yeah. 360, 407, 680 in the month of August entering today. Or oh, I guess this is September too, but, uh, is, is, a, is that in the month of September <laughs> or in the month of August? Are you broken again, Jesse? Did you forget broken. what month it was? It's September. So it's September. Uh, we're, we're just, we're, we're batting a thousand tonight, folks. Uh, he's hitting, I wrote, uh, I wrote so many notes on our show rundown today <laughs> that are just egregiously false. So I, I apologize. Yeah. Those are his numbers in uh, September. This is your precious today. Jesse. This is your precious Jesse chat. The one that doesn't make any mistakes. All right. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I'm human, but yeah, those are entering today. So so Jake McCarthy went four for five in this game. So you know yeah. those those numbers even ticked up from there. He's hit really well in September, and I don't know about you, Derek, but I I have to believe that Jake McCarthy is going to find his way back up to the majors before too long. Why why isn't he here to take Pavin's spot? And I mean, uh, again, the the it it. It's, it's hard to address these things respectfully sometimes because, uh, again, we are talking about people's livelihood, just like the thing, you know, with with Nick Ahmed. But at the same time, yeah. too, it comes to performance, and it really feels like, if not Jake McCarthy, that the Diamondbacks still have other options that are better than Pavin Smith. It, it really just feels like Pavin Smith is like a break glass in case of emergency backup that can serve at different positions should something kind of happen drastically but he's not in that role he's actually getting playing time and that's the part that doesn't really feel like this makes a lot of sense i mean the, yeah i mean the d-backs have they have four outfielders on the roster they have emmanuel rivera on the roster who could back up christian walker at first base Paven right. smith doesn't really at least from what i can tell he doesn't really need to be here from a positional standpoint so yeah i mean uh, he had a really good stretch in Reno, you know, I mean, I, I think it was a, a month yeah. or more where he was really, really hitting the ball. Well down there, the diamondbacks called him up and, you know, try trying to see if they can catch lightning in a bottle. And if that, if that success would translate to the big leagues and and so far it hasn't, I mean, Paven Smith has a, has a 184 batting average on the season with a 629 OPS. As we've talked about earlier in the year, those aren't numbers that you can really stomach at, at a DH spot when you're not really providing value uh, in other in other areas ar around the game so yeah in, in my mind you know jake just just would be a, a he just adds more value right i mean it's uh, the bat is not necessarily a huge upgrade you don't necessarily know how much of his success in reno is going to translate but you know that there are other ways that he can impact a game that's it that's it he and he's he's cool as hell that's the other thing too and i think he shaved the mustache so i mean this is a very serious jake mccarthy that is ready to ball but <laughs> Um, again, we want to give a shout out, uh, to bet MGM. Don't miss out. If you haven't, we, we implore you to please check out bet MGM place your best, uh, first bet MGM sportsbook wager through bet MGM sportsbook mobile application of at least $10 and you will receive those $200 instantly in additional winnings. Again, use our bonus code of PHNX place that first bet MGM sportsbook wager, on the mobile application, you will get if at least $10. You will get the $200 instantly. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer.
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. I don't know what I would be drinking if the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, hadn't won, but I am drinking a Joy Bus Wow Wheat. And, of course, this is the perfect beer to celebrate any win. It's actually the perfect beer for everything. But make sure to check out our friends at Four Peaks and all their wonderful beers. This one is my favorite. Hopefully you find yours. You can get them wherever you get your beers at. You get them at your grocery store, which I know people love how I pronounce that. Uh, and also, you can follow them at their uh, on their calendar, events calendar at fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date with everything Four Peaks. You can follow them on social media at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest in Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Last but not least, I told you guys I lost my Shady Rays of sun, uh, sunglasses. Uh, I have contacted the company. Jesse, I'm getting a new pair of Shady Rays being sent out to me, uh, and that's the way it works. Beautiful because thing. Shady Rays has the craziest lost and broken replacement plan uh, in all of eyewear. And if you do something like I did, which I have no clue where I left them, I'm sure maybe one day I'll find them in like in between the uh, seat and the middle console in my car or something. I will find them some crazy place three years, four years from now. It doesn't matter. I don't have to wait until that moment in time to get my new sunglasses back because I just called Shady Rays. I told them I lost them and they said, bro we got you no questions asked their lost and broken replacement plan sends you out a brand new pair even if you break them on day one uh again no questions asked they have your back long after you purchase uh including if you don't like your shady rays or if you do not love your shady rays you can return them for a new pair or you can get your money back within 30 days for free no risk when you shop with shady rays they also have a location here in town at kirlin commons or you can shop their website at shadyrays.com exclusively for our listeners at shadyrays.com they're giving out their best deal of the season go to that website shadyrays.com and use code phnx for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people well, that's all I got. It's been a long, long 48 hours for me and this guy, but uh, we appreciate you guys being with us, sticking with us, having our backs, uh, all of that stuff. You guys are wonderful people. And of course, we appreciate you most of all for stopping by. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D backs. Of course, the most important thing is even though you can't see him, even though we can't see him, he's here in our hearts. We are Damon's dogs. And of course, woo, 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 woo. Uh, you can follow Damon at Damon Dog, D-A-W-G, on Twitter. Uh, all roads, though, lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, let's see. Nicholas said, you all are the best. We got you always. You guys, you guys are the best. And we wouldn't be here doing this thing the way we do it without you guys. So we appreciate you enjoying uh, what we do. And we thank you guys so much for being fans of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, in the meantime. We appreciate you once again for being who you are and for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when Jordan Lawler is on your team.